I really enjoyed your comment about uh, when you said that there was one human language. And uh, you also indicated that if we were Martian and we came to the Earth, we would sort of hear one sound in a sense. So I was wondering with all of the diversity that we have in the world today, uh, and historically with Asia being one way linguistically and Africa another, Europe another, and with inflectional languages that we've developed from Indo-European uh, influences and the agglutinative languages that come from Africa and the Creoles from the Caribbean yeah. area. In, in the future, say 100 years from now, could you comment on which tendency would you feel that we would uh, more likely be to go in, that of one human language for the earth well, or diversity with many See, people. when I say there's one language, I don't mean that we should try to sort of all speak Esperanto or something. Uh, what I'm claiming is the actual diversity, even the possible diversity. You know, there's a lot of possible languages around that just haven't come along for historical accident. But if you consider the possible diversity, what I'm saying is a rational Martian scientist who looks at us the way we look at frogs uh, would say, well, there's only one of them. It's true, like if we look at frogs, they, they're all frogs, you know? I mean, uh, uh, if, if a frog looks at frogs, they're all wildly different from one another. In fact, a frog would just take for granted that every reasonable thing is a frog and wouldn't even ask any question about what it's like to be a frog. A frog would presumably be precisely different interested in whatever minuscule difference there may be among frogs that tells them, you know, you act this way or that way to them. They don't worry about the fact that they're all frogs. That's taken for granted. Or if you're doing a genetics experiment, let's say, you pretend that all the fruit flies are identical. I mean, if somebody really asks you, you'll say, yeah, they're, this one's, they're a little bit different here and there, but they're basically identical for all I care. Uh, and whatever is different about them, I forget about. Uh, and again, from the point of view of the fruit flies, the world may look quite different. Now, we're no different from any other organism, I presume. I think we're part of the natural world. So we take for granted that anything around is a human being. I mean, if other people use the word house with this weird collection of properties that we use, we don't even notice it. That's just like breathing, uh, because that's just the way any reasonable creature is. On the other hand, if a Martian were to, and, and if you go over and you hear somebody speak Swahili or something, uh, that looks wildly different. On the other hand, I'm suggesting that if a Martian were to look at us, or if we were capable of looking, of looking at ourselves, as we can, you know, you sort of abstract yourself away from being a human being and you try to become a scientist. You can't get out of your own skin completely, but you try. You know, look at us the way we would look at frogs or fruit, fruit flies, and I think what you discover is we're remarkably alike. Uh, the, all of this diversity is really pretty superficial. Uh, it goes back to very similar structures, in fact, so similar that this diverse range of languages may very well have only one computational procedure uh, and only slight variations among it. And the set of concepts with all their richness and intricacy, most of which is undreamt of, nobody even knows what it is, uh, that probably is going to turn out to be alike. Now, of course, there will be differences. And in our lives as human beings, we'll be very much interested in the differences. But in our lives as scientists, we'll say they're all the same. That's what I mean. See what you mean? In other words, were you saying that at, you made the example of the container, the container nouns, and yeah. I believe you said if we look upon it from the exterior, then well, we have a we very weird way of looking at containers, and a way which is extremely complex. 
so complex, in fact, that there couldn't be a physical object that has any of the properties that we, I mean, that has the collection of properties that we assume when we talk about them. Well, it doesn't mean we're confused or anything like that. It just means that the language resources we have for, compel us to look at the world from a very strange perspective. And we all do it that way because we're human. Frogs do it their way because they're frogs. Uh, now, there are also slight differences among us, like English and Swahili, but they look slight. Now, about the diversity of languages, chances are it's going to move towards uniformity, but that's for completely other pro reasons. That's because a lot of people get murdered and, you know, power spreads and that sort of thing. So languages are, in fact, disappearing, but that's like the way biological diversity is being reduced. Thank you. That's the question I want to ask you about, the future of language. Uh, I talk to people from other countries and I ask them what they listen to on the radio in terms of music. And it's all English-based pop music. Uh, the publishing industry seems to be going in the direction of English language universal throughout the world. Uh, there are countries that have set up organizations to protect their languages. I know the French government has such an organization. Uh, particularly when, uh, what was it, pinball machines in France became Le Flipper. Um, are we going toward a future where English will be the universal language? Well, you know, that's a question at a different dimension altogether. That has to do with, that's a question of power, you know, and uh, that's a different set of issues arise. My guess is not. I mean, in some respects, the world's becoming more diverse. For example, I, th I don't have any statistics, maybe somebody knows, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if the number of, say, scientific papers being written in German and Japanese is increasing, not decreasing. You go back to, say, 19, early 50s, they'll probably be writing, writing in English, because the U.S. is so overwhelmingly dominant, if you're not writing in English, you don't exist. But that's probably, I'm sure some of you know, maybe Phil knows or something, but I suspect it's more diverse now. Uh, and if uh, real development takes place in other places, I would expect it to continue to be diverse in that respect. Uh, also, you know, while there is a tendency to, I mean, take, say, the European community, or take Europe altogether, while Europe is in a way, at one level, unifying, it's also splitting all over the place. Uh, not, we read about it in Eastern Europe, where, you know, there's a different country emerging every village by now. But it's happening in Western Europe, too. I mean, Scotland is moving towards, you know, there's a big pressure towards independence. Actually, it's even happening in the United States. I was giving some talks in Alaska a couple of weeks ago, and I discovered to my amazement that the governor of Alaska was elected on an independence ticket. Apparently, everybody thinks he's a total crook, but they voted for him because he was calling for Alaskan independence, and that's what they want. They want to get away from this business down here. Uh, so I think one also finds, you know, very disintegrating factors in the world system towards people trying to identify communities that they can belong to, you know, or feel part of, or something like that. And that leads to, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of revival of languages that, have, that were dying. I, I think it's awfully hard to predict. It depends on complicated economic and social and political processes that we don't have any, at least I don't have much understanding of. 